Hi everyone, Sean Paul Ellis here from the Saturday Morning Cartoons Podcast. Remember, that's morning with you. Some quick pre-show announcements regarding what is happening in October, what is happening this month for October 2018. We have some shout-outs, and also, what are we going to be talking about today on this very special episode? So for the entire month of October, we are going to be watching and reviewing some spooky and Halloween-related cartoons. It's horror cartoons, such as the Junji Ito collection that we had that's on Verve that we talked about last week. We also have next week, Teen Wolf. Yeah, they made a cartoon of the movie Teen Wolf. Oh, and that'll be coming out on October 22nd. Some shout outs. Gang, we are so close to achieving our goal of our 2018 campaign to get Bobby Anthem animated. In fact, I think we actually might be there because I just got a message from our listener, Brian, who had offered to animate and illustrate Bobby, and we have now, I believe, made this a reality. Since Brian is such a wonderful human being, go check him out on Twitch and subscribe. Brian is under the tag name Typherstein. That's T-Y-P-H-E-N-S-T-E-I-N. We're going to have this in our show notes. Subscribe to his channel kindly. He has been incredible with awesome art talent, and we really appreciate it. He's now, since last week, he has been able to get Twitch affiliated, and he's now on his way to getting partnered. Show him some love uh, and help him get to that new Twitch status. I watched him play L.A. Noir last week. Never finished that game, but it was great to see somebody jump back into the streets of L.A. and not smash their car into absolutely everything. Antarctic Vortex on YouTube for our Bionic 6 episode helped us to uh, fact check some stuff, to myth bust it. Uh, the reason that people didn't recognize the family in Bionic 6 is because they used a bionic masking unit that was addressed in the long lost pilot. I'm not even going to fact check this one. It just sounds correct. So thank you, Antarctic Vortex, for all your help. Tyrone, via our website that I definitely neglect, asked that we watch Codename Kid Next Door. Tyrone, you can go recommend and refer on any of our social media platforms. We have our link tree. It's in the bio for our Facebook, our Instagram, our Twitter. I know it's annoying for me to tell you to go and click another link, but it really helps me in terms of being able to organize and prioritize this because if multiple people recommend a cartoon, then it's definitely going to happen. We also have a call-in number that you can call and leave a message and tell us exactly why you loved that cartoon. If you call and leave a message, I guarantee that show will 100% happen. Finally, Mark Spencer on our YouTube wrote the following, which was unbelievable. He said, as somebody who works on an amateur podcast, your show is the kind of stuff I look up to. You guys are always consistently entertaining and criminally underrated. You are too kind, Mark. Let, let us know what you're working on. We'd love to be able to spread the word about your show that you're working on to anybody here who is listening on SMC. I really appreciate it. I, I needed to hear that, so thank you kindly. And to all the people who write comments on our YouTube, I thought they were all supposed to be really negative and bad, but you listeners prove me wrong every single time. So thank you guys. So unbelievable. What are we talking about today? Rory Lucy. Rory Lucy has a book that is called Jonesy, Nine Lives on the Nostromo, and it comes out October 16th. If you're listening to this on the day that this is released, October 15th, uh, then it comes out tomorrow. Go pre-order it. If it's any other time, go buy this book. I have seen the actual physical copies of it. It is gorgeous. I have had the pleasure of calling Rory a friend for the past four years, and aside from just being a wonderful person and a total goofball, he is an unbelievably, insanely talented author and illustrator. I really love his work. 
and I know you will too. Melanie Harker joins me today to chat with Rory about his influences, his book, and the process of making it. Also, what inanimate object would he be in the movie Alien? All of this and more on today's episode. So now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you all the way from the Nostromo, I'll be your host, Sean Paul Ellis. And launching from an escape shuttle and right into the studio, we have co-hosts joining me this week, Melanie Harker. Welcome, Melanie. Hi. How are you doing? I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> Saturday Morning Cartoons' third favorite guest, I believe. Is that you think you're the third favorite? Guy? I would. I think that's what I am. Why have you elevated two other people ahead of you? Because I I'm humble. Okay. But I know where I stand. <laughs> well, fair enough. Yeah. Understood. I mean, I know Jamal Newman's ahead of me. That's clear. So. I. Wow. Yeah. Strong words right out the gate. I mean, it's true. Uh, well, this week we don't have to worry about actually talking about a cartoon because this is a very special week uh-huh. and a very special interview. And joining us. Bursting out of Kane's chest, we have our special guest, author and illustrator, Rory Lucy, joining the show. Welcome, Rory. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. Yay. Oh, man. We're very excited to have you here. Uh, for everybody who has been listening for, I want to say, over 150 plus episodes of this, whether you know it or not, you have actually seen Rory's artwork because Rory is the illustrator who created the logo that we have for Saturday Morning Cartoons. So anything that you see across any of our social media, that is all thanks to Rory. So thank you, Rory. So, I mean, so welcome. I mean, I should have probably thanked you when you put it together originally. (laughs) This is really long overdue, (laughs) but I wasn't going to say anything. Um. I hear that you modeled uh, the t-shirts after your own, in your own image. Yeah, both of those children you're saying both in of those the children. logo? No, one of them has a t-shirt on that's like bat. Isn't that what, right, or something? Isn't there I'm, a bat on one of the shirts? Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah, they're both, they're both me. Uh, they're both my shirts. I don't, yeah, I don't know. One they is might, like a I'd ghost have to go and one and, is like a head with like wings on the side. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure now that, that seems like something that I want to exist. I was trying to will it into existence. I don't know if I, I had that before. I think it means you're destined to be a head with wings. That's just what I'm trying to tell you. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm here for the compliments. No, I love the fact that you would just put them on blast like that. Remember that thing you did three years ago for us? Do you remember every specific about the details of this icon that you clearly don't stare at every day? Uh, Unlike all of our loyal listeners. Let me walk through my memory house and okay. Yep. This is how I do this, right? we're going to end that bit right now. I'm sorry. No, fair enough. <laughs> well, no. Bail Perfect. Me- extensive memory house bit. Well, we, 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 should, we should say that the main reason that Rory is joining us is because he is in the process. And tomorrow, you will be able to purchase this in stores, Amazon, and everywhere. You have your first book that is going to be published, right? Yes. Uh, it's called Jonesy, Nine Lives, and the Nostromo. Uh, and it comes out tomorrow... Uh, October 16th and then basically if you're listening to this after October 16th it's out and now you can go buy it. <laughs> you have no excuse. 
Yes. It's hitting the streets. If you're listening to this on Monday, you have an excuse. You can still pre-order it yes. at that point. But if you're listening to this Tuesday, no excuse anymore. Nope. From that point forward. No, I understand. So we 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 really kind of want to talk uh, a little bit about, you know, obviously you have this book that's coming out and and clearly you've done amazing artwork that I love for for the podcast, but we just kind of wanted to to understand uh at, really kind of who is Rory Lucy and sort of what are your your influences that you have um that kind of create you as an artist and an author. Sure. Um I mean there are I would say it's like, you know, trifold of there are comics and there are cartoons and there are um, picture books or kind of traditional illustrators mixed in with, you know, some um, printmaking and fine art and other things. But um, for me, the big kind of tent poles are uh, like Calvin and Hobbes, Bill uh, Watterson. That's that's enormous. Um, And that ability to jump between kind of serious or kind of a, a philosophical and then sincere and then silly um uh that's all great and then i mean even more than that it just looks it's the best looking thing i think still um he's really big um raymond briggs is another uh really important one for me uh he's a british illustrator uh he's probably best known for the snowman the um uh, there's an animated special of it not the Joe Nesbo book that they turned into a movie with um, <laughs> Michael um, Keaton. No, it was uh, no? Uh, the Irish actor, um, the good-looking one. <laughs> um, what's his name? Uh, Michael Liam, Fassbender. Liam there we go. Michael, uh, Michael Fassbender. Yeah. Um, so not that one. A There's a Colin Firth. <laughs> Wait, I want to go back to Michael Fassbender as an animated snowman. There's a an animated. Uh, uh, story of a boy in a snowman from the um early 80s uh that has a the song i'm uh, walking in the air it was a a popular hit um and if you can <laughs> if you can find it there's a, a version of it where david bowie did the introduction uh to the animated oh. special which is well worth it um but uh so he's an illustrator he's done lots of books um uh including one uh, ethel and ernest about his parents He's he's one of my favorites. He's just a really um, a tremendous illustrator. Um, they're I mean they're they're both big. There are lots of other. Quentin Blake is uh, a huge. Um, I mean talking about cartoons, things like um, I mean Batman the animated series. Yeah. Uh, Doug. Um, uh, Powerpuff Girls. Um, that kind of first wave of um, Cartoon Network. Cartoon the Network. Jenny Tatarski stuff that came uh, out. So, yeah. All so like yeah, just so cool. Um, I mean, there was like a ten year period from like nineteen ninety two to two thousand two where just every notebook I had just had like Batman heads in the margins, just because it was the easiest thing to draw. Like, okay, I've mastered <laughs> squares and triangles, so now I can do this. <laughs> um, but yeah, so those I mean, those are all big, big. Um, and then yeah, it's been the last I would say. Um, Figuring out how to draw like the people I liked, that was the first 20 years. And then figuring out what am I saying now that I have this kind of skill set that's been the last last 10 years. So, Very cool. So cool. So we started up by talking about what's coming out, which is Jonesy. And through some context clues, we can kind of maybe guess what the influences are. I think Sean also dropped some context clues. <laughs> in the introduction here 
But so, like Jonesy, not the main character of the movie Alien. So what is Jonesy, the book that you have written, about? Jonesy is the story of... Um, it's a story of Alien, but from the perspective of the cat. So it is the events of the film, but really our focus is now uh, shifted to um, a small orange cat who is just getting into cat adventures. Um, so Jonesy is you know, trying to sleep in a helmet and uh, he's you know, trying to eat and um, uh, scratching up the lining of the ship and uh, getting in the way generally. Um, and so as all these things are happening, you have, you know, the truly terrifying story of alien happening in the background. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, so would you say this is a children's book? <sighs> well, I, <laughs> It the is question. It isn't. It isn't. It's one. It's hard to describe because Jonesy himself is completely innocent. So his adventures are um, kind of naive. Um, it's just that in the background you have, you know, a terrifying uh, spectacles. You know, like uh, the chestburster. Um, so that's happening. While in the foreground, Jonesy is just trying to sleep. Um, so I, I can say, you know, safely that I have read it with my uh, nephew, uh, but uh, I don't know that he was picking up on any of the other things that were happening. So, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, your nephew's not into Ridley Scott at a very young age. Like we haven't gotten to that point where he's he's a film critic himself. He's into late period Ridley Scott. It's a conversation we have. I should say my nephew is three. So <laughs> okay. I should, Okay. Should mention that. So it's it's all the different things that we have that are, are are running parallel to the actual alien Ridley Scott movie that we we know and love, which is just a, an amazing, amazing film. And so you have written this amazing compliment from the cat's perspective to kind of go along with that journey as a complimentary piece. And so uh, I, I want to say this. So Melanie and I have seen the book. We've seen the finished final product. It's, it's absolutely gorgeous. And one of the conversations that I know that you and I have had previously, Rory, was when I asked you, how did you kind of create the art that you had for this book? I had no idea what was involved with this, and I was blown away. So could you help kind of set the stage in, in understanding the process of just looking at a simple page? There's a lot going on there. Sure. So one of the things is that uh, I was on a a fairly quick kind of turnaround. I had about three months from kind of rough sketches to uh, finished work product. I had an idea of how I wanted the book to look in the end, and I wanted it to look like it was kind of a, a watercolored. But I knew that for me to still be able to experiment and change things around, that I probably wasn't going to be able to kind of watercolor each panel kind of individually. So Instead, I started in kind of rough pencils, outlined the whole story, kind of storyboarded it all out, figured out the beats, you know, when is we're waking up, beginning we're waking up on the Nostromo at the end, it's Ripley and Jonesy, and they're in a pod together. Should say spoiler alert for a forty-year-old movie. In case I was you... going to say, I don't think you could spoil it because it came out in nineteen seventy-nine, right? Yes. <laughs> but so, in case you were waiting until after this interview to watch the film, apologies. <laughs> You're screwed now. <laughs> I, 
I, I knew where I had, you know, what kind of um, moments in the film I wanted to kind of uh, run into. So I roughed it out and then I did kind of finished pencils in, did it digitally using uh, Photoshop and iPad Pro. And then I, from that, I printed everything out and I did like a black and white uh, watercolor uh, paintings in value. So uh, black and white to get a contrast and really paint through the whole thing. I then scanned that in, made that a layer, and then I <laughs> colored everything. As I'm saying it, this sounds insane. And it yeah. was. Um, <laughs> 100%. I don't know that I recommend this to anybody. But then I did solid color and I put the watercolor um, layer on top as a, a mask so that it gave the, the color underneath uh, the texture of uh, the, the watercolor painting. So it has the, uh, the feel of um, watercolor throughout. But yeah, it was, it was a tremendous amount of work. But I'm super, like, I'm very pleased with how it turned out. It came out exactly how I wanted it to look, which is, I think, the, the best. And it, it looks gorgeous. And, and just as a, a part of the or process as you were going through, because, I mean, if I break this down, you've got, the, like, the base layer, you've got a black and white watercolor that then you added additional color on top of, and then you added the actual line drawings on top of that, and then you went in and you colored everything that was on top of that, correct? So like, yes. there's a lot that's involved in just that process. And so for, for everything that you were doing, was there a favorite part of the process that you had? Yeah, I think, I mean- the- When it was done. <laughs> it was breathing after I finished. No, I think there were, lots of, there were lots of moments that I really enjoyed. I mean, it was particularly any time where I got to um, just sort of luxuriate in the silliness of it. Getting to draw, you know, Jonesy, who's frustrated by a, a drip of water while in the shadows around him, somebody is being murdered. So just focusing on kind of those expressions and just uh, appreciating that it's a totally goofy thing. That was really fun. <laughs> I could also say that while it became, while it was varying levels of uh, uh, frustration, focusing on the nuances of the, the ship itself interesting and like an engaging like a uh, experiment ridley scott i guess before he was a director he was a, a, a set designer so the spaceship itself is just designed like no other kind of space and so making sure that i was being kind of true to that space and experience was something i really wanted to convey and so just there were times where i was just being able to focus on really minute details it was really satisfying and a very specific way i was gonna say that feels like the most satisfying part of so many sci-fi like nostalgic sci-fi canon pieces is like you think about um oh what were we watching like like the 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 um the toys that made us episode that's about uh like star trek like thinking about like that the ship that's in star trek and just like the detailing of that i feel like getting to really dig into that is like some of the fun of the fandom right that like most people don't get to interact with oh yeah and i think that's i mean one of the things that stands out about alien is that it it doesn't have that kind of star trek is almost the polar opposite where star trek is really polished and clean and alien i know um walter hill one of the people who wrote it his pitch was it's truckers in space and it has that lived in (laughs) feeling where it's just kind Mm -hmm. of it's gross um, so getting that, like the worn feeling to all of the settings and backgrounds, that was something that was really fun. And I really wanted to, to 
dig in on. Yeah, which makes like juxtaposing an adorable cat on top of all of that even like more, like it adds so much texture. It's so yes. interesting. So we have talked a lot about Jonesy. Obviously Jonesy, a cat. In Alien, does not get any credits for lines because the cat does not speak. <laughs> which is good because I think there'd be a level of absurdity I don't think anyone could handle in 1979. Uh, but I'm, we're just curious because you, you flip through the book and it's so beautiful, and there's no words through the entire the entire piece. So, how do you even think about architecting a story like that? Like, are you storyboarding big pieces of it? Are you like writing internal dialogue? Like, how are you, you know, putting all that together? Yeah, I think during that brainstorming, like that first period, it was saying, okay, well, yeah, what are the things that happen in the movie that I have to kind of uh, touch on, and so getting all those out and then kind of breaking down like, okay, what do I need to show to show this sequence uh, to make it make sense and also to show Jonesy in relation to it. So getting uh, uh, that kind of fleshed out and then saying, okay, well, in between then, what other things? My wife and I, we have two cats. We had one orange cat uh, when I was writing it. So I was saying, okay, (laughs) as the owner of an orange cat, drawing another orange cat, like what would our cat be doing if we were on this ship right now? So figuring out what other uh, <laughs> situations or, you know, stories would he be kind of generating. And in you know, trying to figure out what to look at, I mean, story, like cartoon storyboards, that's big. So I tried to look through you know, a number of old kind of Disney storyboards. I looked at a really great um, resource. Brad Bird, when he um, uh, worked on King of the Hill as like a consulting animator or producer, he did this whole series where he was looking at like storyboards and he said, okay, here's what works. Here's how you make this image stronger. So just even looking at the mechanics of like, this isn't working for this reason, scratch this, we move this character here. Just like eye lines and making images dynamic. That was, that was really helpful just in making sure as I was going through and just blocking things, just taking that extra step to say, okay, is everything in here, like, um, is this as strong as it could be? How can I make these images resonate more? So that was really, that was a really helpful yeah, piece. That is so cool. I had not even considered that that was probably somebody's job. Because I'm like, they're not live people. So how do you move them? Someone did work on that. Like the editing just didn't even occur to me like that. Well, That's I mean, so cool. It's, it's funny because if you go back and you look at older cartoons, like filmation stuff that we have with, with He-Man, you know, there's a lot of stuff that is just shot you know, completely like long kind of field of vision, you know, people standing kind of just next to each other, facing one another. They're not very dramatic shots, but filmation being so cheap in the way that they are, like they were just like, we have to add additional composition. Like we have to create additional tableaus within these scenes because otherwise they're just going to continue to look like people just moving across, like 2D people moving across a 2D space. And so that's why like you'll see them uh, reuse animation where like you see He-Man like running towards the camera and then he just kind of kicks, you know, or, <laughs> and they'll, they, they'll, you know, and it, it's, it breaks up exactly what they have during that time. And it makes it a much stronger uh, piece of action because you can, you can see him kind of rushing towards you. And so you feel that sense of urgency kind of with the action or with that kick or punch that he's throwing, you know, and it breaks up exactly the, how the rest of the piece kind of flows together. And so it's it's always interesting to hear that. That's that's honestly probably one of my favorite uh, parts to to hear about it. Is just you know 
taking a look at sort of what you have visually with that first storyboard and saying, these are the things that we can strengthen. Here's where we can show tension, you know, even within a cartoon character, even within a book about a cat that's on the Nostromo that has no words. Like, here's those moments where we can actually inject emotion into how everything is put together. And that's what's beautiful. I would also say, like, it was very helpful as well to mock things up and then show it to my wife and ask her, okay, does this read? Like, when you look at these images, what is the story that it's telling? Because my wife is the best, and she is uh, very honest about this isn't working right now. And I'm like, I need, like, that's something where it's just like, okay, I need to hear that. I need to make this stronger. So because I can't kind of fall back on saying like, oh, well, I'll just add, you know, uh, like I'm going to put text and that will explain uh, these things. Everything just needs to, like, you need to show everything. Wow. Yeah, your wife sounds like a very smart lady. I wish I, I wish I knew her (laughs) so deeply. Like we were best friends or something. Uh, Full disclosure, that is the case. (laughs) (laughs) This interview brought to you by Friendship and Nepotism. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, with with everything that you have that's that's kind of going on with this and with with the process and the story and having to create all these storyboards and put everything together, what was that moment? What was that sort of epiphany moment where you realized like this this is a real thing? Like this is actually happening for me? Yeah, so I mean, it was a funny process going like the the whole journey because there were so many stops and starts. There were a lot of starts and stops. Yes. So, uh, like, initially, wait, I'm sorry. You mean you mean the publishing um, industry isn't like a straightforward path that's like easy to navigate? <laughs> I mean, part of it came out of so I did this mock up of like a, a story based on uh, this radio show, um, the best show, with Tom Sharpling. Um, and one of the uh, characters that calls into the show is uh, called Philly Boy Roy, a regular caller, and he gets into um, various uh, Philadelphia-related related, um, shenanigans, um, which are the best. And so I did this um, uh, uh, version of a Richard Scarry book that I have called The Polite Elephant. I drew it um, starring Roy. Um, and one of the... Uh, the the other person on the best show, uh, John Worcester, who calls in as this character, he retweeted that uh, book and it got noticed by uh, an art director who asked if I had any uh, pop culture pitches, if I wanted to talk. I had a number of ideas. And uh, again, my wife was a person who said, well, you should do something with Jonesy. That would be a, a good direction to go in. So uh, this was now two years ago. I pitched that idea and then... There was some momentum. It was uh, like I wrote up a proposal and I heard from an editor and he said, this sounds great. Uh, the holidays are coming up. Let me get back to you. And then eight months went by. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> also nothing says holiday like alien. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, those eight month holidays. that some <laughs> I think they got it confused with Hanukkah is eight days, not eight months. Sure. Very different. <laughs> But so then I, you know, I, uh, I was working on other things. I followed back up with um, the person who had initially emailed me. He was like, oh, that person left. Um, so let me, <laughs> <laughs> let, let me figure this out. Went through various stages there before uh, they found out that they couldn't publish it. And my agent and I, we took it to Titan, um, who are publishing the book. And uh, Titan were super enthusiastic about it. Partnered with a, a really great editor and you know, everyone was on board. And so... 
Yeah, it's just uh, like from there was a year of kind of waiting. And then from the moment they said, okay, let's do this. It's just been really fast. So I think that, that moment where suddenly it was like, okay, you know, contracts are signed. You have to get to work. There's maybe like a day where I was like, okay, I'm like, this feels great. And now it's okay. It's time to work. Like I had like a day of celebration and then it was like, okay, now I have really a lot to work to do. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just, I'm really looking forward to seeing it in the wild. I think that's when it will click for me in a, in a way. That's so cool. So letting it out of the bag, the cat that is, it'll be in the wild. What comes after Jonesy? You do have another cat. So there could be <laughs> Cat Story Part 2. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, a, sequel, there's a sequel cat. to Alien. There's there a sequel could be to an Alien. Aliens book. Are there more alien books involved? Or is there something else? Like, what's next for you? I, I would not rule out another Alien book. <gasps> However, Ooh. if you've seen the movie Aliens, you know that Jones is there for about eight minutes. <laughs> and <then laughs> Ellen Ripley leaves him in the dust to go on a different adventure. Were he did, were, were we to do an, another? Uh, um, Jonesy Adventure. I don't know how he would factor into a movie that he's not in. Yeah, I. I mean, the the next thing is I have um, another book that I'm working on, which um, hopefully I'll be able to talk more about soon. But it's uh, a slightly different direction, but um, I think it's similar uh, sensibility. That's as kind of cryptically as I think I can talk about it right now. Jinxing anything. <laughs> so cryptic. No. So much mystery. Understood. And I guess, you know, I final big question for, for anybody who is going to, to see this book in the wild, what, what's something that you, you want them to know about Jonesy uh, to make that decision to pick this up and to bring it? I, th- I think well, this is something I've been asked, like, who is the audience for this book? And I think it is, like, if you, are, if you enjoy things about cats, this is a story about a cat. If you enjoy Alien, this is a thing about a cat in Alien. Um, <laughs> if, uh, you know, I... I think there is a wide, a wide audience for this thing, and it's a silly book about a cat who just happens to be in the worst place in the world. <laughs> like, um, so yeah, I, it's it really is. It's um, I think it's a uh, it's a strangely personal book on some level too. Like when I look at it, it is the story of my cat in the alien ship, um, <laughs> and then uh, it's very easy for me to. Look at uh, uh, Sigourney Weaver as Ellen Ripley and say, "Well, that's my wife." Uh, I don't know who I am in this story. Um, probably I mean, the Xenomorph. At best, I'm <laughs> the Xenomorph. Probably the Xenomorph. <laughs> Dallas, maybe. Um, oh, okay. Oh. Um, probably more. Probably Harry Dean Stanton getting eaten in a strangely rainy corridor. <laughs> <laughs> that's sad. Yeah. Fun note to end on. Yeah. Oh man. I'm this dead character in Alien. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, all of them are, unless you were to say I'm the Sigourney Weaver character. You've already given that to your wife. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you could have said, I don't know. Yeah. The ship. (laughs) It gets blown up. up. Oh god, damn it. You're the escape pod. I don't know. I'm just trying to find options at this point. I'm not sure. You're the, here you go. Okay, you're the jumpsuit that Sigourney Weaver wears in the movie. What? So you pretend, I don't know. 
Yeah, no, there's Hold a one to one basement. My cat is a cat. Yep. Um, my wife is a person. Yep. I'm a jumpsuit. Yes. Um, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. I consider myself a paperweight, so. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm just saying. Oh, my God. I'm right. here about the facts. Rory, I want to thank you so incredibly much for coming on to talk about Jonesy. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, it's coming out tomorrow, October 16th. Yes, please buy my book. Uh, it is super good. So enjoy it. And people can find it on Amazon.com. You can find it anywhere books are sold. Yep. You look up um, Jonesy Alien. Well, you probably have to also look up book. Here, just type the name <laughs> of the book is Jonesy Nine Lives on the Nostromo. Put that in. You'll, you'll find it. And we're also going to link that in the show notes. Yeah, you'll have all that. So the no, no worries. <laughs> Ooh, saw a little bit of sweat on that. No, so that's everything, Rory. Uh, and if people wanted to find you and see some of your, your other artwork, where could they possibly find you on social media? So uh, I'm on Instagram, Rory Lucy. That's R-O-R-Y-L-U-C-E-Y. I'm on Twitter, I believe, is Rory Lucy. Um, and then my website is RoryLucy.com. Cross-platform there. Excellent. Thank you so much again, Rory, for, for coming on and, and joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. This has been such a delight. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much. And for everybody listening, thank you. Go out, get Jonesy. Buy not, that book. Buy that book. Buy it for your friends. <laughs> buy it for your kids. Buy you, it for your friends' kids. So many holidays coming up. It's the perfect alien Christmas book. Eight months of holidays. Exactly. Happy you Canadian can, Thanksgiving to all my Canadian fans. Exactly. The perfect <laughs> gift. <laughs> so wonderful. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. We appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out.